0: Commercialappeal.com, featuring the Tiger Basketball Podcast, the Grizzlies Podcast, Chris Harrington's Pick and Popcast, the Tiger Football Podcast, plus interviews with newsmakers, exclusively at CommercialAppeal.com. The following is a CA original Perfect game at age 40. Hey. Better late than never. And I Just try to just just do my job and to be honest with you, I didn't realise until Chandler said something to me and What was your mindset going and knowing that you gotta know, I mean, get the start? Just play play the game. You know, nothing's changed for me, just just be myself and Play the game and, and try to make the game easy for other guys on the floor. Even if I wasn't hitting shots, just make the right play, make the right play. I swing the ball, try to find open guys, and be myself. You've supported Chandler more than anyone here. What's he going through, and what was it like knowing that you're? I mean, you're taking his spot. It's a tough situation. I mean, I've been. Uh, in a situation with the injury bug and you just try so hard to, to get better and, and to contribute to this team and we try so hard to be out there and play and you tend to overcompensate and hurt the other side of your body. And that's just a natural thing with players who wanted to get back and he wanted to get back and put the time in and it's just unfortunate so for me I just wanted to go out there and just hold the fort down. You know this team is
1: like the left. We needed a game like this.
0: We just played together. We played hard, we played uh, carefree out there. I think you can just, it's just a different vibe out there. Uh, I think one thing, we, we shared the ball, we moved the ball, we made the game easier for each other. I think that's something we haven't seen in, in, uh, in a while, is that we're making the game easy for each other, just making the right play. Everybody wants to win, everybody wants to do what they can for this team, and we were just pressing instead of just, hey, let the play dictate or the defense dictate what's what's there and i think it happened tonight this is the grizzlies podcast with grizzlies beat reporter ron tillery columnist jeff Hawkins, and pick and pop columnist chris harrington
1: well, Chris Harrington is on spring break. Ron Tillery is joining us by phone. I'm Jeff Calkins, the columnist for the Commercial Appeal. Ron is the only beat writer this franchise has ever known, at least since it arrived in Memphis. And so we will try to sort out what happened tonight. Never, last night. Never a dull moment um, for the Memphis Grizzlies as we learned that Chandler Parsons is done uh, for the season, really, with the torn meniscus in his left knee, and then Vince Carter comes out look like look like he's nineteen years old, has a perfect night and leads the team to victory. Ron,
2: um, what did
1: you make of that?
2: Well, uh I tell you what, um things uh, settled down in a hurry in a New York minute. I mean, they just they just look good they looked like they were playing free. I think Vince said a lot of that in his comments before we started. Um, and he looked like they were having fun and let's face it. I mean, the whole Chandler Parsons situation was just a huge weight over not only the coaching staff, but I I, I think the players, because you always having to accommodate, uh, for his recovery, whether it was not playing on back to backs, whether it's minutes restrictions, not playing in the fourth quarter, um, everything was just unsettled, you know, and it was exasperated by the fact that he wasn't performing.
1: Right. And that's the problem. Even when he was on the court, he, he wasn't effective. And you got the sense that it's funny. Like I, I don't think anyone wants to be piling on Chandler Parsons. It's not really the, it's not really, you know, the, the, the order of the day. It's that um, given that he was not healthy, it a healthy Chandler Parsons would have been tremendous. That would have been great. It's what everyone was happy wanted, wanted this summer. Um, but given that he wasn't healthy, he did become a huge distraction. I think, at least at the outset, there's some patience for it because you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a process, and we'll put up with the 0 for 8 in the first game, and then whatever, continuing ineffectiveness, because it's working towards something. I think it's pretty clearly it weighed on everybody. I found it very revealing, and I don't know if the timing was coincidental, that in your conversation with... Uh, with with Fizz uh, with David Fizzdale, it was the Sunday before yesterday that he sort of said, "Listen, this is an organization decision," which really was almost code for, "This doesn't mind. <laughs> They're making me play this guy." I mean, isn't that essentially right. what he was saying?
2: Oh yeah, and I think that's what all of us kind of figured without them saying it, uh, because you know, you know, for those of us who are around Fizz every day. And you don't even have to be around every day to to understand his competitive spirit. I mean, like a lot of coaches, going out there trying to win every game. And there's no way you could just sit there as a coach and just watch this guy run up and down the floor and not help you in any way. I mean, Chandler even said, you know, right now I suck. (laughs) So, you know, and it's funny because Chiz has been the only one really straight up about this whole Chandler thing. I think he even said the Chandler thing. Uh, because, you know, Monday morning, I kind of caught wind that, you know, Chandler was in trouble physically and, um, it, it was looking like they would shut him down. And so then you start talking to people in the organization who matter and they all like, you know, freaking out that, you know, you know, this may get out. So then you get to the arena and then they rush to get out a, a release on his injury when clearly they just intended to say, Oh, he's not playing today you know they, it, it was almost like they were going to just let it play out but uh oh you think what you know, hap- I, I, yeah
1: you think what happened there was that literally because the initial report was sore Knee not going to play that was the initial yep. report and then at 6:31 or whatever it is they sent out the email saying Shut down, uh torn meniscus etc and that was honestly because you were poking around
2: oh absolutely uh even on my ride to the arena uh, uh, having conversations. Uh, and then I tweeted out hearing that blah, blah, blah. And his had already had his, um, his pregame presser. And it was what you just said. It was like, Oh, he's just outsourcing. <laughs> so I, I, just say, I would say, you know, not to prop myself up, but organizationally everybody, but Fiz, I think has done a disservice to Chandler because they haven't been straight up about it. They've been more interested in trying to justify a max ninety-four million dollar deal, uh, which includes forcing him to play a back-to-back that he probably wasn't ready for, just to accelerate his progress, and it actually ended up hurting it.
1: Well, I mean, I think there's, I think there's no question that the way it played out was a disservice to Chandler because it made him look like the villain um and it was a disservice let's be honest to the rest of the players who held up for a long time and then in the end sort of just let go of the <laughs> let go of the rope um yeah. where, where they just i mean mark wouldn't throw him the ball anymore we've we've talked about this whatever they just disgusted it and and it 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 didn't it is weird that, that that it's it's weird like what what is to be served by by that you know what what is what's the point of of, of doing that. I don't really understand it.
2: You know, I don't either. And, and it just got uh, even more weird yesterday as I, as I just laid it out. Um, they clearly uh, misjudged Chandler's uh, recovery from the, the second surgery on his right knee because he wasn't ready in the summer. He wasn't ready uh, in training camp. He wasn't ready to start the season. Uh, so I, I, it just boggles my mind how he could have possibly passed the physical. I and um, they took a huge risk, and it, it still remains to be seen if it'll pay off.
1: By the way, you, is it your understanding? Just to be clear, just to 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 nail this down, that there was in fact a new tear or partial tear to the left meniscus and that this is a new injury that happened, whatever in the last week, or is it related to the, cause obviously he missed his left knee is the reason that was a bruise earlier in the year when he missed that time. Do we have a clear sense of whether there was some fresh injury? And if so, when it was, uh, when it, when it occurred,
2: that's the impression that they're giving you is that yes, it's a, it's a new injury. It's a tear because like I said, the, the first left knee injury was a bone bruise. So this is uh, apparently a tear, and uh, but it's very unclear as to when it happened. Uh, we kn- we do know when he played um, over the weekend. He wore a really big bulky brace on that left knee. At least he started out with one, and then in the middle of his time on the floor, you know, he eventually took it off. So again, they just they're, they're kind of like a really you know coy about these things but um they didn't practice today uh, so our next shot at them will be Wednesday when they play the bulls so we can get more clarity then
1: do we believe he will have a procedure on this knee
2: well uh i think they're going to continue to evaluate them. um I, they always err on not doing that unless it's necess- absolutely necessary um i mean at, at this point you probably can you know Because the Grizzlies have done this a lot before with players. He probably can just rest it and let it heal, Uh, especially since they're saying a slight tear. Uh, So, but I mean, you know, he's had two surgeries on the other knee uh, that were considered minor. Uh, So I I wouldn't rule it out. But I just know in the past with the Grizzlies, uh, fine doctors at the Campbell Clinic, uh, they tried the whole, um, you know, rest thing, and and it's worked.
1: Right. Um, Is there, and, and I don't want to belabor all this. Is there any explanation for why? Because as you point out, two years ago, just to, to, to remind people, two years ago it was a hybrid microfracture surgery on his knee, which was like that's a pretty big deal. Last year, which was in March, I believe, it was simply this meniscus deal, which is not supposed to be a big deal. Is there ever? Is there any clarification on what the hell went wrong? Like why that meniscus? which was supposed to be minor. What has happened?
2: I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, uh, because even... I I mean, I was at Summer League when they introduced him in Memphis. But even at that press conference, I gather, they they acted as if everything was okay. I mean, there was no indication that he wouldn't be ready for training camp. Uh, So, I mean, that's a $94 million question. (laughs) It really is. Like, what happened?
1: Yeah.
2: No, the original reporting on on that knee surgery in March was was off. Like you know, uh, the people who, who covered the Mavericks and covered him uh, didn't get you know uh, quality information.
1: Um, I don't want to forget about the game last night, which was fun. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. But I do think that the Parsons thing, and obviously we'll be talking about it for a long time now, it is so critical to the health of this franchise because they got three more years wrapped up in him, and it essentially. You know, it's it's it, it that is their big expenditure. They they can't go out and spend that money on someone else. Um, are we now? Is this what this this, this coming summer is going to be about? Like, is Chandler like? Are we are we locked in a forever curse of having to wonder how Chandler Parsons' knee is coming?
2: I think we are, and and and, and you're right. It really did overshadow uh, snapping a five game losing streak. I mean, it that that. That was like a footnote in the whole night, you mean it's like nobody i mean it was a fun night, but Parsons was brought to Memphis, obviously uh, with Max money and the idea that alongside Mike and Mark they would have this victory and um and and, and transition into the new way of of the n b a and so I think because you know, kind of like with the Jordan Adams thing, you, you you get kind of bits and pieces and you don't know what to believe about his recovery. I think fans are, are, are starting to, to believe that he'll never help the Grizzlies. I think the worst-case scenario, and I like the guy. I mean, I, I think he's tried to work hard to get back, and, you know, um, he's, he's not a punk. I mean, he doesn't walk around like he's, you know, big man on campus. Uh, but worst-case scenario is, He he has an injury retirement and insurance pays that money. Uh, And it's a win-win for him and the team, except for his money won't come off the books so quickly.
1: In that circumstance, does it come off the books? Are you you obligated for all three years or is there some circumstance to, to lighten the, the, the cap hit? Do we know?
2: Yeah. It's just a timing thing. They won't, they wouldn't be uh, on the books for three years. Uh, but it'll be a, it won't come off immediately, right uh,
1: well, so. that's that's the devastating because it was Chandler Parsons that enabled us to sort of think that uh, the stuff that they were saying that Fisdale was saying about he raises our ceiling and all of that if he had been healthy is true. It would allowed you to think of the Grizzlies as as having being able to go further, do more, et cetera. That has now been taken away. But more immediately. They're a much better team for it. I mean, it, it, it was not a coincidence last night that it felt like everybody was playing with a sense of joy and relief, was it?
2: Oh, no, not at all. I mean, because like you said earlier, I mean, Mark wouldn't pass him the ball. You know, it was kind of force-feeding him. And, I mean, uh, he couldn't move. Um, um, I mean, it was like playing four and five. And then what? It, the trickle-down effect was that, you know, it just kind of ruined the young players. I mean, James Ennis played well for the Grizzlies when Chandler wasn't ready to go at the start of the season. And and he got pushed further and further back and uh and and didn't know when he was gonna play and lost his confidence, I mean, Uh same thing with Troy Daniels. And uh so now um I think um you know, it just gives everybody a sense of, of, of what they're gonna be going forward. You know, uh everybody will know their roles. Uh, everybody will know when they'll play. And you know, gotta give a shout out to our man Chris Harrington who called it. He said put Vince Carter in that star lineup because he's uh a poor man uh Chandler Parsons when Chandler's healthy.
1: He was a rich man, Chandler Parsons, last night. Um <laughs> He was he was doing everything. What do you what is it fair to expect now, since we know that's the role that Vince Carter's gonna have. Obviously, we don't expect last night. What is it fair to expect from him?
2: Well, I think, you know, he'll shoot when he's open, and he's capable of making threes. Uh, I think the, the the biggest thing is, uh, you know, he is that uh, utility knife. He'll stick his nose in for rebounds. At 40 years old, he still tries very hard to defend, but he'll be that playmaker, that high-IQ basketball guy on the floor, in that starting unit that can relieve pressure off of Mike Conley, which is another reason why Chandler was brought here. Uh, you know, Vince sees the floor, and he, he you know, he always makes the right play. Uh, I, I just think at forty, you know, I don't know if you can play him, you know, extended minutes, uh, and he may not be able to play him every night, um, as not to risk losing him, you know, for the playoffs. There's only 15 games left, so he may be not a minute's restriction, but more of a minute's management now that he's starting.
1: Yeah. And even Mark, like I think everyone was glowing about what he brought to the team, but even Mark did say like defensively, he doesn't move like he once did. You know, there are adjustments that have to be made. He's obviously not the perfect solution, but he's the best solution that they have. And the other thing that, I mean, it's funny. Troy Daniels wasn't good last night, and James Ennis wasn't good last night. But you do wonder if now that they will have defined roles, if they will start to reclaim their games. Do you think? I mean, I, you know, I think Troy Daniels knows he's going to be out there. James Ennis knows he's going to be out there, and that may that may ultimately help them.
2: Right, because even Fisdale, when I, when I asked about Ennis uh, maybe a week ago, um, you know, I'm like, how does he play his way out? And even Fizdale said, well. You know, it got to the point where he wasn't just staying within himself. He was trying to do too much. Yeah, because he didn't know if he was going to be, you know, taken out after two minutes, <laughs> three minutes, and then you know, there's the issue of fouling. So both of them have to calm down, stay within themselves. Uh, just you know, in, in other words, just play the role that's been asked of them, and uh, and stop fouling. I think Ennis went to the bench after three minutes because he just fouled. Right, uh, Andrew
1: Harrison um, has pretty clearly moved into the backup uh, point guard slot. Do you think that's here to stay? Um, he soured and and justifiably so on Tony Douglas.
2: It does seem like he soured on Tony Douglas. Uh, you know, Tony's been pushed back, and it makes you wonder. Uh, see, the girls, Grizzlies always find themselves in a trick bag. Okay, so there are reports out there that now that uh, Omri Caspi is is ready to roll after being waived February twenty fifth by the uh, the uh, Pelicans because of a broken thumb, yep. that the Grizzlies and the Clippers may be interested. That's uh, according to ESPN, and and so um, if they do that, you got to waive somebody, and it just makes you wonder. Um, If Tony Douglas would be that guy. I mean, he's on a a, a prorated veteran minimum, so it wouldn't be a bad thing. But this is what I was getting to. Now they can't even go and get Troy Williams because guess what? The Rockets scooped him up on a 10-day. There's a guy that knows your system. That's a live wire, a live body on the floor. That would have been uh, an easy deal to make.
1: Um so it feels like this team at least is back to what they can be. you know it's not a team that can win a title, uh, but it is back to what they can be. It felt like order was restored last night. They find themselves half a game behind Oklahoma City um, and now they go on this road trip. Do you think they can will whatever catch Oklahoma City? Do we think what they saw last night? Uh, will continue for the next fifteen games as they try to, you know, at least nail down the sixth spot if they can.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, you know, we all predicted uh the seventh seed, but I think we all saw what the Grizzlies had become of the and Fisdales blurted out. Very mediocre basketball team. Uh I think what has been restored and uh I mean uh, half a game is nothing. I mean they, they can make that up. Uh and so um with Let's see. An Antonio possibly moving in the first. Uh that puts uh Golden State as the, the team the seventh seed will face. So uh, there's a lot of motivation to move up to six so you can take on Houston.
1: Right. Um Tony Allen back in the starting lineup, Jermichael Green back in the starting lineup. David Fisdale has had an interesting couple of weeks and um and he's been he's been really good throughout it. He he never hesitates about talking about anything. Um, even last night, asked about Chandler Parsons, he's openly talking about Chandler Parsons. Um, and so, and yet, I do wonder. Like you, he was a Dave Yeager last year. If he was unhappy about having to change the play Chandler Parsons, he would have told you, I don't want to play – you know, he would not let it – David Fisdale has been a g- good organizational guy, because until Sunday he hadn't said anything. Has it made it – I mean, in a sense, is it doing a disservice to him to have him out there to take bullets? Or is that the job of a coach, to take bullets for the organization?
2: No, I'm glad you brought that up, because uh, I've been talking to people about uh, that in the wake of the uh, Sunday interview. Um, I think that the Grizzlies put their coaches out there far too much to answer for the organization. Uh, You know, when Perra bought the team, it was Lionel. And then, you know, they didn't like what he said. (laughs) Then uh, it was Jaeger. And then they didn't like what he said. And now they just put Fizdale out there. And, you know, and and he's got to answer for everything. The guy should just worry about coaching, (laughs) not whether Chandler's organizational or not. And, and yet, the people who run the show are just, you know, in the shadows. No, I, I, I do think it's a disservice to now it's Fisdale, but the, the last two coaches who have been put in that position.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I don't know the, like the Jermichael Green, um, Tony Allen one. Do you get, I, I got the sense that that was more Fisdale than organizational. And if he was taking heat for it, one or uh, yes or no, that maybe that was appropriate. But for him to be out mm-hmm. there, it does seem to me that if there is this organizational approach, we're going to run this guy who's injured or, or who can't move, that it would have been incumbent on someone to come out and say, this is what we're doing. It's not just David Fisdale. It's all of us have made a decision, and to have Chris Wallace say that, or to have, you know, whomever else say that. And mm-hmm. yet,
2: did we ever get that? No. No, uh, when, when we... Uh, I think minutes restrictions out of Fitzdale's mouth. I don't know if you remember this, but then he came back the next time he started talking about challenge. Says, "Oh, he's on our maintenance program." <laughs> so clearly, he was told to say maintenance program. <laughs> so I mean, listen. I asked for Chris Wallace yesterday. Totally wasn't available. There you go.
1: It's his. They signed the guy. Read it.
2: Read, read, read it. Read it in a statement.
1: Yeah, they signed the guy. You would think that they would, and listen. I don't. I don't for various reasons because of some of the some of the chaos that was uh, that was existed in the world of Mike Heisley. But it is amazing to think that way back in the day, you and I could have just called Mike on the phone. <laughs> he would have picked up, yeah. and he would have talked about it. And then he would have gone on any radio station and talked about it too. It's a different universe, and
2: uh, yeah, and I mean, and Jerry West for for all of uh, his his status and stature and logo. Was always available.
1: Yes, he was. Um, all right. Well, uh, it still was a good. Day. It was. It was fun to see him back last night. I will say that. And I don't know what they're capable of, but it's in in a way for for everybody. Isn't it a good thing that this has this has been lifted at least for now?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, it was fun to see them having fun. I mean, I mean, it's never fun losing, but you know, all coaches will say, "Well, go out and and you play how you're supposed to play, and you get beat. Okay, you can live with that." But Man, it was ugly out there. But then, like late in the game, the shot clock's winding down. Tony's dancing with the basketball. The crowd's <laughs> moaning, but he gives you—he gives you that spin move and layup, and then he sticks his tongue out. And Fisdale gives this big fist pump, you know. So <laughs> the spirit was back in the building, and it, and, it, and it wasn't fun to hear the fans boo, and rightfully so because the performances weren't worth <laughs> ten. Boy, that. do
1: uh, Ron, have a safe trip. We will talk to you when you get back. Thank you very much.
2: All right.
1: Thanks. We will be back with another podcast next week, hopefully with the full cast. Uh, But that is it for now. Grizzlies hit the road, Chicago, Atlanta, and onward. Uh, It has been the, what do we call this? The Grizzlies commercial appeal podcast. We'll just call it that and say we'll talk to you next week.
0: Take the CA wherever you go. Download the Commercial Appeal app on your smartphone or tablet and get push alerts when breaking news happens. It's a free download for your iPhone and iPad in the Apple App Store and in the Google Play Store for your Android device. This is the Commercial Appeal.